0: Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Froth here, Thought Eater podcast and blog. <clears throat> happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Huge show to get to today, so ready or not, here it comes. Um, thank you for listening and checking out my show. I really appreciate listeners. And uh, we're going to start today with some call ins. Um, but if you've never listened to the show before, Hump Day Blogorama, the basic idea is I'm following a bunch of blogs all week, a bunch of RPG-related blogs. I was looking at my blog roll, the Read or Die blog roll on the Thought Eater blog, and it's pushing 800 at this point. Now, some are, aren't very active anymore or have been inactive for a while, but it, it's a lot. and um, So I talk about them here on the podcast, and then I, I put up all the links I discuss at the Thought Eater blog. It's frothsoft, frothsoft, dnd.blogspot.com, or you can just Google Thought Eater Blog and you should be able to find it. So um, so if you're listening to this, you don't feel like you got to write anything down, you just head over to the Thought Eater Blog and it's got all the links for you. So like I say, a big show today, we got some call-ins first. So first I got a threefer from Liren, from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere, Um referencing several of the different topics from last week, talking about cons, talking a little bit more about the whole, you know, free products are the devil controversy, controversy in quotation marks there, and um, also talking about um, parenting, in this case, grandchildren. So let's listen to that real quick.
1: Hey, Froth, it's Liren. My first thought when you said, have your dream, live your dream was, and have a day job. You know, if you want to survive comfortably, you can certainly try to swim upstream. You can go against the system. You can, you know, stick it to the man, however you want to put it. But in the big picture, if you have a day job and you have steady income, you can do things that you enjoy and not have to worry about if you could make your living doing them. I got so lucky and I had a job doing something I absolutely loved for 12 years And I appreciated it every day and knew that it probably wasn't going to last forever, and it didn't. And I try very hard to do the job I have now and be grateful for the income and not pine too hard for what I had in the past. Anyway, thanks for a great episode. I think this is only going to be a one-off. I just wanted to tell you that it is absolutely worth it. And just wait, if you ever get a grandbaby, oh my gosh! That is like nirvana, because you get them for a while, they think you're awesome because your house is a special place, you can spoil them, and then you can send them home. <laughs> you know, in my case, we are my granddaughter's full-time childcare, so... I I love seeing her all the time, but that is less than ideal because I'm in a much more parental role than I would like to be in. I would rather just be the special place she gets to visit every couple weeks. But, you know, you take what you can get. And, oh, my gosh, I adore that child. I love my kids. I do. But she just holds this special little place in my heart. Oh, so it does get better and it's always worth it. Hey, Froth, if you want to experience some games that you've never played, you should try DuxCon or Dreamation. They happen in New Jersey, and it's an IndieCon. They're both IndieCons, but they're put on by the same group of people. And there are all kinds of cool things there, including occasionally some playtesting of brand new things people have written. So... That's the one I have been to with my husband once years ago. And in July this year, with any luck at all, I'm going to get to go again. And I'm super excited.
0: Thank you very much for the call-ins, Lira, and I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to your first point, you know, I definitely feel like people can supplement their income and make some extra money um, with it, you know, pretty pretty easily if you're creative and you put out good stuff. so I would never want to discourage someone from that. It's just, you know, being real... Like you say, it's kind of more being realistic about the whole full-time gig, you know, that whole 30 more years till retirement or whatever, and you're going to be the full-time RPG writer kind of deal. Um, but, you know, yeah, and and um, for me, I, I worked a lot of jobs that I did not, you know, couldn't stand as a necessary evil. I finally... I've been in... Um, I just actually in three days I'll hit my 10 year anniversary at, at the job I'm working at now where it's challenging and it's not always fun, but it's certainly, uh, one of the best jobs I've ever had. But for me, you know, I got chronic health problems and things like that to where I, I can't, I can't dream too big of dreams anymore. I got to have that health insurance. But, um, and then as far as the grandkids go, Oh, my mom, she, uh, she thrives on being that fun grandma, you know. In fact, before my daughter was even born, she and my stepdad, she told me, oh, she's got a friend that they, that her grandkids don't call her grandma, they call her what such and such. So she had already come up with a name, what what my daughter's going to have to call her, Honey and Pops. So they're, they're all, they were already gearing up to be that fun, you know, low-disciplined, get them for a week, uh, kind of... Uh, maybe i'll get to experience that one day i got a long way to go thanks for the information on the cons too so um i got a couple call-ins now um regarding the final topic uh one from colin green from spike pitt and then john allen large from uh red dice diaries and um john's also got a comment on the free pay what you want stuff too so it's kind of two comments from from john in a row and then one from colin and we'll listen to those and i'll be right back
2: hi froth it's john from red dice diaries here just been catching up with your latest midweek blogorama entirely agree with what you're saying about the the free products i mean i've been lucky enough to like make a little bit of money doing some freelance writing could i do it full time hell no not for rpgs like you say unless you're working for one of the bigger companies but just because I can't do it f- full time doesn't mean that I'm actually being harmed by the people who are putting out sort of free slash pay what you want PDFs. I mean, as you say, blogs are a big thing that are out there, and they put out free products all day long. So I'm far more likely, as Colin said, to spend money on something if I've had a bit of a taste of it first. So I think whatever creative outlet you use, absolutely great, but. I'm not expecting it to become a full-time job anytime soon. Love the podcast. Take care. Hey, Froth, it's is John from Red Dice Diaries again. Just been listening to more of your midweek Frothcast, especially when you were talking about prep. Now, I used to prep an awful lot for games, but steadily I've sort of brought that down as I think the actual like, efficiency of the, the prep I've done as I've sort of read more and done more gaming has become greater. But I think it's it's not a case of either doing loads of prep or doing no prep. For me, it's a case of doing an appropriate amount of prep. So for instance, if I'm gonna run like a, a one shot game where there's gonna be we're gonna maybe be playing for four hours, I certainly do a lot less prep than if I'm gonna be running like a big ass campaign. So for me, I just tend to try and judge what's appropriate for the game in question. As always, loving the podcast man, keep it up. Catch you soon.
3: Hey Froth, like yourself, I um I wonder about the prep thing quite a lot. I've spoken about it before and talked about uh, Sly Flourish and the lazy DM and various different people's thoughts on the subject. But I reckon maybe you do a little bit more prep than you think because I think it comes down to definition of prep. Where you're going through your blogs and doing your blogorama and stuff like that I think you're filling your head up with material like you're filling up your gas tank to make the long journey of a game or a campaign other people maybe they write this stuff down a little bit more structure it a bit more but I think you're drawing in inspiration that you then can call upon later and I've taken an approach more and more like that as as I've changed and, and developed my style. So just my top
0: Well gentlemen, thank you very much for the calls. Really appreciate y'all listening and calling in. And <clears throat> well first of all, John, I appreciate your perspective on the free pay, pay what you want stuff. I, I totally agree, you know, I trying something and then buying it, I mean that's almost you know, my MO, you know what I mean? I, I a lot of the stuff that I've uh, purchased is based on being able to experience at least part of it for free to begin with. But, and I appreciate what you had to say about prep. Um, I'm hearing a little bit of, you know, so, you know, working smarter instead of working harder and, um, and, and definitely, yeah, and it certainly varies for what you're trying to run. And, uh, Colin, you know, you kind of really made a good point there, you know, because, um, it reminds me when I was big into skateboarding, when I used to skateboard, you know, that was a huge part of my life for a long time. Like I did it all day long. I was in little contests and stuff and just was, it. you know, my whole life was revolved around it for several years. And, um, I, if I was in a car, you know, looking out the window, I wasn't seeing the, you know, the landscape or a parking lot or stores or whatever. I was seeing everything through the lens of a skateboarder. Like, is that skatable? What does that handrail look like? How many stairs is that? How big of a drop off is that? Oh, it looked like, it looks like that, um, you know, curb has been painted so you can grind on it longer. You know, everything I was looking at was in through the lens of a skateboarder. And it reminded me also of uh, one of uh, Ray Otis's Plundergrounds episodes. Ray was talking about a town he was in. I can't, I'm not going to be able to remember the exact episode or the the city or whatever, but Ray was talking about the the streets and the way that the city was designed and how it was given Ray inspiration or thoughts about gaming, you know, based on the real life, you know, city layout and uh, whatever building design and all this, you know? So that is a really good point Colin. because I'm in a way I'm always prepping because I read, if I'm reading something, I'm almost never reading any novels or, um, anything like that anymore. I'm almost always reading some sort of game book or adventure or something like that. So I'm constantly reading, uh, that I'm constantly looking at the blogs. Um, um, constantly talking about games and, uh, or, or running games. So, uh, that's a good point. I'm, when you look at it a different way, I, I've, I prep all day long, every day, pretty much, you know what I mean? I'm even prepping at work when I should be working. Um, another thing I was thinking about too, with my prep, and this kind of speaks to what John was saying a little bit is, Sometimes I'll prep a lot, you know, at the front end at one piece and get a lot of stuff set, like get a lot of maps set, get a lot of, like if I'm gaming online, I'll go ahead and have a bunch of maps already ready, get a bunch of monsters and stuff already ready, have everything there to where, you know, I I do prep for a few hours or whatever at that point, but by doing it then and doing it the way I do it, I know it's going to last me for weeks and weeks and weeks without me having to do anything like that again. So just kind of doing it all in one blow, I guess anyway um appreciated both y'all's comments tremendously and colin that was a really good way to think of it uh so yeah i guess i am uh prepping quite a bit when you look at it that way so all right coming up next maps all right so some cool map stuff this week first we're going to start over at megadungeoncomic.wordpress.com now, this is billy longino's site uh and billy's uh Got a lot of great style in that kind of old school, kind of classic OSR sort of feel with the uh, with the artwork and maps. And the, uh, Billy put up a post: "Thieves Guild built on in the subterranean ruin of insert generic anthropomorphic urban rodent god of your choice's temple completed." That's a mouthful. But just go over the thought of your blog, you'll be able to find it. But it's this killer map that's keyed, and the reason I really like this is not just the map, but it's got all the, you know, the locations and everything. So this is basically like, print it to PDF, you got a, yourself a free adventure here. Thieves Guild deal. So, thanks for that, Billy. It's killer. Love your style. Uh, and if y'all are, are enjoying it too, you can just follow the uh, maps link on the blog, and uh, that'll take you to some more of uh, Billy's work and stuff, so... Um, Matt Jackson, legendary anchorite. hadn't heard too much from Matt lately though, but, uh, the, the legend, I mean, that's where you get pulling a Jackson from Matt Jackson. If you didn't know Matt Jackson is a killer cartographer, killer Matt put up a post at msjx.org dual crag village map. I guess this is backed by, uh, from his Patreon who's able to release this one to, to the public. And I love this. I love the style. I love the the use of color. Killer village map you can just fit into any adventure, so thanks for that, Matt. Then finally, I've talked about Christian Richards over at Crooked Staff Blog before. Crookedstaff.blogspot.com Christian is, uh, has a Patreon as well, and um, is showing some stuff from it that you can just download for free, and these are like uh, cave geomorph sort of tiles, basically, so they they don't all fit together, but it's. I put up a picture of the, t- the tile set, and there's a link where you can download all these for free, and you can uh, make your own caverns and stuff out of them. Really useful if you game online, especially. Um, so thought this was killer. Appreciate that from you, Christian. So you guys got some good uh, map stuff this week. Check that out over at megadungeoncomic.wordpress.com, msjx.org, and crookedstaff.blogspot.com few reviews for y'all today. Um first, I'm taking you over to Steven um Stephen Cook's blog, The Borderlands d Borderlands.blogspot.com. They had posted about their new zine, Dice Roll Zine number 2. Just got a copy in the mail yesterday. Oh man, I am a zine lover. I who isn't a zine lover in the OSR, you know what I mean? Or any RPG Uh, no matter what you're into in the RPG scene, uh, who doesn't love zines? I'm a big time zine lover. And, um, this is really good too. Uh, really good. It's got a bunch of random tables like random fungus and, uh, weird plants. And then it's got this whole OSR sorcerer class. And you would think, okay, a couple things like that, that's the whole zine. But no, then it goes in this whole city state, the city state of creth, with all kinds of random city encounters and stuff. I mean, this is a substantial, substantial zine here. It was so good, I actually went over to Lulu and um, ordered a hard copy of number one. Because so especially with a zine, I want to hold it in my hands, you know. PDF is only for necessity for me i if I have to otherwise I want to hold it in my hands especially especially a zine that's part of the the magic of it the format the feel but um Steven put together a killer zine so if y'all haven't checked out Dice Roll zine number 2 it's got the link right there where you can go and check it out trust me on this one it is substantial it's uh it's not like a few pages of gaming and call it done, it's uh, jam-packed, jam-packed, dice roll zine number two, check that out. Then over at 10footpole.org, this is uh, Bryce Lynch's kind of famed review blog, talks about The Withered Crag by Guy Fullerton, and um, this looks really good, statted for AD&D, but you know, can use it with anything. Um, I really like Guy Fullerton's work, um, I follow Guy around on Google+, Plus and Hopefully, I can't recall if I'm seeing his stuff anywhere else nowadays. Maybe over at MeWe, I'm not sure. If he's somewhere, I'm following him though. I can tell you that. But definitely followed him all around Google Plus. Uh, just creative, you know. And um, uh, their um, guy kind of blogs uh, and has his uh, the Chaotic Henchman Productions store over at ChaoticHenchman.com dot com. If you're interested in more information about their stuff, uh, they did they put out one of uh, Rob Kuntz um adventures and have uh some more adventures that uh that guy did over there that you can find out more information of and order them and everything but it gets a really good review and I'm not surprised uh, I'm not surprised at all so you know if if uh, Bryce is give, giving you a good review that's kind of a um, you know a stamp of approval you know what I mean uh it says guy knows what he's do knows what he's doing he understands supporting the dm he understands what's important in an adventure and he understands how to write it well so can't get much higher praise than that so if you're looking for a new osr adventure you can check out the withered crag looks really good finally um chuck thorin legendary anchorite um uh, does the Playing It Wrong podcast here on Anchor. Does the They Might Be Gazebo's blog. They Might Be Gazebo's.blog. Did a review of a product I was I was interested in, The Blight by Frog God Games. This is one I haven't taken a look at because it's expensive. I mean, I think it was like $120 in the Kickstarter. I might be exaggerating, but it, it's a 900-page book, you know? I mean, it's about as big as, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of known for this. I've got another... Pathfinder adventure they did. Um, I forget the name of it, but it's just, it's huge. It's one of the biggest books I own. And so, I mean, this is 890 pages, the blight Richard Pett's crooked city, but it looks really cool. But you know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's, they don't do a free version of this, you know, you, you gotta buy this. So, um, but anyway, I appreciated Chuck going through and doing a review of it. It looks really good. looks like the kind of thing to where, um, it let a few years go by somebody's slinging their copy for 50 bucks or something like that, you know, maybe, maybe then I take the, the, the plunge, but um, it's certainly the kind of book that you could use for uh, a long-term campaign with no, uh, n- you know, no thought of needing to go anywhere else. So if you like me, were curious about that blight crooked city setting uh, from frog God and go over to they might and check that out. Trying to hang today, but my back is bothering me, so I'm doing my best. If I sound a little weary and beat down, I'm a little weary and beat down. But, um, so retrospectives, there's a couple of great things today. Um, over the awesome I've mentioned this blog before so they do a lot on Warhammer Fantasy. They put up a post that was talking about, oh, we're continuing our series on the Warhammer fantasy story, you know, part 28 or something. I'm like, part 28? It wasn't part 28. It was like series three or something, you know, like, I was like, what? And it turns out that they had started this series way back in 2017. So I just put up the link to the first one, the introduction, but they do this awesome, awesome. I mean, this is required reading. If you are into Warhammer or just into history of games and stuff like that, because they take you through, The history of Warhammer, how it got influenced by what specific war games these folks played, how it led to uh, laser burn, how it led to Reaper, how it led to this, that, and the other. And it's really well researched with all kinds of cool images. This is a really awesome history of Warhammer kind of uh, deal going on. So I think... um, I think if you like Warhammer fantasy first edition or any of the iterations of it and uh, are just into that, you know, that history of uh games workshop and, and, um, and uh, you know, the English kind of RPG development and everything go and read, trust me, go read over at awesome lies, com. This is some fascinating history. So um, I think you'll like that. And then I talked about the last couple of um, Hump Day episodes about DM David's series on the greatest D&D adventures since 1985 over at DMDavid.com. Finally put up their top two. Number two went to Red Hand of Doom. It's a thir- uh, you know, 3X adventure. Richard Baker, you know, of birthright fame, uh, was a writer on this. Uh, this is a very celebrated adventure. Not surprised to see it, you know, at least in the top five. A lot of people point to this one as a classic. I've never played or ran it. I'm not very familiar with it, but I'm familiar with it enough to know that it's likely deserving to be there. Certainly, uh, folks I know that are into 3X uh, put it towards the top of their list. So so Red Hand of Doom was number two. And then number one, I was actually hoping this would be it because they were kind of pulling away from the 80s a little bit. David was, um, and I know, and I appreciated David, you know, jumping and putting a fourth edition thing in there and putting some... Newer stuff in, even when I didn't agree with things, I liked that it was a variety. Um, but I was hoping they'd go back because I knew there's still some real classics back in the you know mid to late '80s, especially this one. And it, of course, it made it to number one. Night's Dark Terror, Night's Dark Terror, by Jim Bambra, Graham Morris, and Phil Gallagher. Another one uh, done out of the you know TSR UK. Um, they did some you know amazing stuff they had that that awesome style of mapping that you would see in imagine magazine and um uh the Pelinor setting and everything and and uh there's something just i don't you know I can't put my finger on why it's English, but there's something English about them in a way, just a kind of a different um presentation and everything. Now this is not a cheap adventure. You can buy it now on drive through um, but you know, if you do that you miss out on the little, you know uh you miss out on the quality maps and the little uh markers, what you know, chits or whatever and everything. So I, bu- I you know, I was biding my time for this one and I finally on Google Plus I found somebody that would sell it to me. I think I spent I spent at least fifty on it. I spent a lot on it for a module, but this is one that really holds its value and if you're gonna run it Uh, You know, I mean, you can do it off the PDF, but having that hard copy is really, you know, that's the way way I wanted to go with it. But this is a classic, undoubtedly. Um, So you can read more about uh, Night Stark Terror um, as well as Red Hand of Doom over at DM David's blog, uh, dmdavid.com. And if you miss, you know, if this is your first time listening to the show or you missed the last couple and you want to see everything that David put in that top 10, you can check that out as well.
1: And now a word from our sponsors.
0: All right, what do you say we roll on some random tables? All right, let's see. K Tray. An old favorite over blog dot d4caltrips.com. Put up another one of these great D one hundred tables K Tray does where you can uh you know download it as a PDF. I love these great flavor tables. This one's these dwarves are dot dot dot. So some dwarf flavor. Let's see what these dwarves are up to. D one hundred. These dwarves are gingerly moving a companion petrified from a basilisk encounter. Oh, I like that. What are these dwar? What are these dwarves up to? These dwarves are. Returning from trade, laden with bread and fresh vegetables. So you see the idea. You know, sometimes you get stuck, whatever. need a little random flavor. That's what this is. D100 of these things. uh, What these dwarves are up to. Over at blog.d4caltrips.com. Next, over at sheepandsorcery.blogspot.com. Yes, Uh, sheepandsorcery.com, sheepandsorcery.blogspot.com, blah, 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 Michael Kennedy's blog. And um, Michael has got a post up, Welcome to Whispershire, 2D20 Encounter Tables. And Whispershire is their home setting for their weird marches game. Uh, They say it's kind of Victorian yet medieval fortress city sort of thing going on. So 2D20... Uh, so, okay. So yeah, it's, it's got a day encounter table and a night encounter table. So for a day encounter, uh, from a dirty alcove on termagent street, a cackling madman cries out the music, the music. Can you not hear the terrible music from below? I like that. Another day encounter. I uh, actually rolled a one children poke at a beaver corpse in a gutter. It is covered in motes of pure darkness. Oh, so I see what we got here. It is. I'm. I am getting the weird Victorian meets medieval vibe. See what's going on at night. That is a six. From an alley, you can hear violins and laughter and see golden light beyond. You find yourself in a fairy ball attended by various humanoids with inhuman characteristics. Among them, there is a shorter elf with goat hooves and a vaguely feline appearance. A tall man with spiky, fiery red hair will tell you that there are pleasures without number to be found if you only come to Wonder Lost. Then you will will wake up in a dirty alleyway. (laughs) All right, that's weird. One more on here. Passing by Bailey's Way, you hear a noise by the Adventuring Guild. Suddenly, a golden sphere appears, floating about ten feet above the cobblestones. A breach appears in the sphere, and a ladder falls down, allowing egress for four short, hairy creatures somewhere between a cat, raccoon, and a lemur. <clears throat> they are seemingly augmented by various mechanical parts, and the one that is apparently their leader says, Kowalski, identify the nearest source of alcoholic libations. Skipper, I hear there's a great place off Boother's Lane called Madame Vals. Oh, hee hee. I also found that, find that suggestion exciting, Rico. Private, stay with the ship. Ah, oh, but Skipper, I want to go. No buts, you're too young anyway. The smallest creature sadly ascends back into the vessel as the others scamper away. Now that is a weird and creative encounter. I like that. So you get the idea. You want to see, uh, this is something I've talked about before, how uh, Chris Tam, who comes up later from Elfmaids and Occupies the Master of this, where the random tables tell you the story, of, you know, describe the setting, you know. Instead of these long paragraphs, oh, in this district there's this, and this, and this, and this. The random tables can tell the story, so I really like that. Welcome to Whispershire over at sheepandsorcery.blogspot.com. What is next on the agenda? Over at Remixes and Revelations, OSR Lich Generator. So I really like this. Um, So this will walk you all the way through. Uh, Designing your own lich. So let's see. This lich is a child. The lich appears to be a small child, uh, has a chance of being able to act like a real child and a chance of not being able to quite pull it off, leaving its impression of a child lacking like a creepy child in a horror movie. So we've got a lich child. This lich's real body is. Oh, this is a D12, sorry. A great corpulent mass of dead tissue. This lich was a ghoul before they became the lich. The lich's phylactery is... A rare treasure hidden in a dungeon somewhere. The treasure has some other magical ability, so no one would think it was also a phylactery. The lich's phylactery works by... Regenerating its body after it is destroyed. This takes D4 hours. The Lich fights with... A melee weapon. The Lich fights with... One of the nine Angel Blades called Scorch. And... Lich also has the ability to... Curse people. If you can hear the Lich's voice, you can be cursed by it. It may only curse one person or group of persons per day. That's all it's going to need, though, right? The Lich is served by... This has got a lot to it. The Lich is served by degenerated mortals. They were once a normal band of mortals, but under the Lich's foul influence, they've become wretched creatures. The Lich's goal is... To kill a god. The killing is easy. The harder part is getting the god to stay dead. The Lich's current project... You get the idea. Building inconceivable weapons. And a lich's current problem. A lesser being or group of beings is interfering with their plans. Probably the party, right? So this is a good one where, whether you want to roll on it or just read through this, this will give you some great idea on uh, developing um, one of the great o- uh and d villains, a lich, for your game. You can get a lot of good flavor and ideas for their motivations and everything else there. Goodberry Monthly put up a good one uh this is uh i believe martin owes yep martin O's blog goodberry monthly.blogspot.com who waits outside the dungeon and so it's got a picture of belloc from indiana jones you know we're at the beginning belloc's waiting out there there's nothing you can possess that i cannot take away and takes away the idol from him you know it's just been waiting out the outside the the dungeon for him basically and so this is uh, an idea of who's waiting outside the dungeon door right when you come out d30 oh i get to get out the big guy and i roll a 30 i love it a goat a goat is waiting and it's just like an ordinary goat doing goat things why is it here what's its purpose is it tasty random mystery goat (laughs) all right so let's do one more on here who is waiting why how and what all right so who a noble. Why are they waiting outside? Now that the dungeon is safe, this one can safely enforce their claim. How? They are proudly atop a horse, uh, with their house banner whipping in the wind, present with knights and, uh, and other hired ilk. And as long as you don't lay claim to this dungeon, its surrounding landscape, or the tax-levied portion of goods obtained within, you're free to go. So this is another good idea, you know, a party risks their lives and everything, they're coming out of the dungeon and then you just kind of stick it to them with one of these D30 who's waiting just outside the dungeon door, folks, or creatures. So finally over at Elf Maids and Octopi, you know, Chris Tam cooking up something weird for you. I guess this is based on the new, uh, like, Netflix movie, I Am Mother. It's like this girl raised in this bunker by this uh, robot. So this is D100 Lies My Bunker AI Told Me. Uh, another D100 table here. Let's see, what does the AI tell? It might seem harmless to keep relics of the ancients, but their thoughts and deeds are a pox on humanity and best handed over to me for study and self safekeeping. What else does that weird AI lie about? <laughs> Surface dwellers might seem attractive, but their mutated sex organs will kill you. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so that's what I got for Random Tables this week. Saw so a couple a couple of bloggers uh, talking about cantrips this week. I thought I'd share these posts. Uh, Paul Gorman over at devilghosts.com. And then John Allen Large, who I already mentioned from the Red Dice Diaries at reddicediaries.com both put up posts about cantrips and OSR games and kind of, uh, porting cantrips into the games and how they work in five E and, you know, maybe giving your magic user something else to do, which I don't think is a terrible idea. I think this is one thing that, you know, you sometimes see these impassioned debates and everything about for some people. It's just uh anathema. They don't want any, any kind of at will spell casting whatsoever for, for OSR games and, um, but then you play, uh, you play that first level caster and you cast sleep. And then it's like, well, now I want to go to sleep, you know, (laughs) unless you're doing a lot of role playing and you're basically walking around, you know, in your nightgown and (laughs) maybe a dagger, but you're not going to, I don't know. You know how it is. The trick is really balancing it out and everything. And, So, uh, Paul Gorman's got some ideas of allowing three cantrips and, uh, them not being, you know, super powerful or anything like that, being a little thing. And they give some examples of some possible, uh, cantrips. And then, uh, John talks about looking at how they work in 5e, kind of breaking down the basic ideas of how divine cantrips and arcane cantrips work, and then uh, allowing for a few uh, abilities for OSR games. So... If you're if you've thought about that before, certainly if you've ever played a ma- low level um, classic era magic user, you've definitely thought about it before, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so these are just some ideas you can check out. I thought it was interesting that a couple people both kind of were thinking about cantrip at the same time. Sometimes that weird synchronicity kind of flows around the blogosphere. And then uh, Shane Ward at Three Toads Tools publishing another legendary anchorite uh, from Gilligan's Isle of AD&D of ADD, I should say, at threetoadstools.blogspot.com, put up a post, random spellcasting mechanic idea plus weirdo ability check idea. Now, their weirdo ability check idea is pretty similar to uh, Castles and Crusades' siege, uh, siege engine, so it's not that weird. Um, it's actually um, you know, pretty close, um, and uh, that's uh, generally a well-regarded mechanic. As far as their random spellcasting ideas... It's basically like a pure spontaneous casting. You have as many spells as you are of level. You have no actual spells in a book. You just kind of come up with an idea, describe the spell and its and its effects. And then there are certain kind of limitations like max damage, uh, max hit points that can cure max duration and stuff like that. Which I think is interesting. And I think there's something like that in the White Tack game, I think, I own that, and I've never read it all the way through, but I'm pretty sure that there's something along those lines in White Hack. I could be totally wrong. For me, I've definitely messed with uh, spellcasters, OSR spellcasters in my game. Uh, first thing I do is allow read magic at will, so you can, you know, read, you don't have to prepare an extra spell just to read a scroll. I like to let them detect magic at least once a day for free, so it can be kind of like Spidey sense for the magic users, I've mentioned all this stuff on my game recaps before, but then I switched to spontaneous casting, you know, if you have a slot, you can cast any spell in your book rather than having to memorize a specific spell, I just like being able to see spells you don't normally see in the games rather than have everybody just be like, what would you memorize this week, you know, today, Johnny, sleep, oh yeah, you know what I mean, (laughs) I got cure light wounds, I got sleep. Oh, what do you got today? Cure light wounds, I got sleep. What do you got tomorrow? Cure light wounds, I got sleep. (laughs) So, I like the spontaneous casting, be able to cast out of your books. Um, But some of these cantrip ideas are interesting. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet. But, yeah. Anyway, some interesting ideas, things to think about, check it out. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned some incredible spam that's been showing up on my blog and other people's blogs. Like one was something about like, you can become a vampire and you will be made to walk and, uh, you know, Hey, become a vampire, you know? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, <clears throat> some more weird spam has resurfaced, uh, at blessings of the dice gods. This is Crowfather's blog. Uh, They say they wouldn't normally give attention to spam, but this was too good to pass up. And it says, vampires is not at all like in the movies or books. Sure, I understand. You are young. You have the whole world open to you. You can be anything that you choose if you apply yourself and try hard to work towards that goal. But being a vampire is not what it seems like. It's a life full of good and amazing things. We are as human as you are. It's not what you are that counts, but how you choose to be. Do you want a life full of interesting things? You want to have power and influence over others, to be charming and desirable, to have wealth, health, and longevity. Contact the Vampire Lord on his email. Rich the Vampire King. Anyway, that one's actually, you know, fairly well written uh, compared to the one that I got this week. This is an example of the, you know, the spam I got this week. This is, uh, I thought this was a good one. <clears throat> My name is Laura from United States. I never know that spellcaster is real. I thought they are fake until I met a man called Dr. Bakaba. On this day, I am very happy to tell the world that Johnson has backed me thanks to Dr. Bakaba, who uses great powers to cast a spell that brought Johnson back to me within three days. I really want to tell the world that Dr. Bakaba is genius and powerful. This means that is capable to restore any broken relationship or marriage just within the period of three days. And due to the fact that Dr. Bacaba is very helpful and must people will need his help to restore their relationship or marriage, I will write out the contact via email. Or you call him. Dr. Bacaba can as well help the following problems. 1. HIV AIDS cure. 2. Herpes cure. Thank God for that. No, I'm kidding. 3. Cancer cure. 4. Pregnancy spell. Get all your problems solved. No problem is too big for him to solve. Contact him now for any kind of help. So I took down the email but if any of you out there really want to get in touch with Dr. Bacaba, you know, send me a private message, or email me and I'll 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 let you know. Uh I'll give you Dr. Bacaba's contact info. So Free RPG Day was this last weekend and um man, I love Free RPG Day. It's a shame that it's, you know, ruining the the RPG industry, Nah, but seriously. <laughs> The more you think about that, the more ridiculous it gets, you know what I mean? Free RPG Day is amazing. I feel bad for people that don't have, uh, you know, participating stores or live near a store that's doing it. Luckily, here in Athens, Tykes Games, Sean Holland, they always do it. Um, great game shop, very blessed. And Of course, uh, I definitely try to get over there and buy stuff throughout the year, but on Free RPG Day, I'm for sure going to buy something as a thank you just for them having it. So the, I bought uh, the original Space 1889 book, uh, which is really cool. I'm starting to get into that a little bit. My love for alt history and weird weird history and all that. Um, anyway, so several posts in celebration, kind of a free RPG day. And then also a couple that were putting up free things, so I thought I'd tie them into that. But the first one I thought I'd put up is at Shireen's Workbench, C-H-I-R-I-N-E-S, Workbench.blogspot.com. Shireen put up a post called A Look Around the Table, and I just thought this was really good. all It's really just a moment in time during the free RPG game, as it says, and a few pictures from around the table. But, you know, the, the state of the hobby, uh, you know, is, is good. Um, it's got, you know, some older people, you know, uh, getting on up there along with some young folks all sitting around, you know, playing. And I love this image because gaming is one of those things where it's young enough to where a lot of people that were were there at the beginning are, are still alive, still playing. Um, and then, you know, have grown up, had kids, they've had kids. And, and so it's generations of the game, you know, playing the games together and these pictures are great and just made me think, oh, you know what? This is it's such a great hobby. It just really shows it in a few pictures. So I thought I'd share that that is the first post about this and then a couple of bloggers put up some free, you know, links to free blo- um uh, adventures on blogs and stuff like that, that you can check out. textgolem.blogspot.com Uh this is Ian Robot's blog. They put up links to one-page dungeons uh, stuff at Dungeons of Signs, Grave Arbor's Guide, False Machine, Basic Red RP, a bunch of links to adventure PDFs and, and, and downloadable stuff that you can check out, um, also at the things we do for XP, the things we do for XP.blogspot.com, Orloff put up a really long, well thought out post, uh, link into a bunch of stuff, mainly from Goblin's Punch, Coins and Scrolls, and then uh, Dungeon of signs and uh, tri- Michael Prescott's trilemma stuff you know Michael Prescott just ran that really successful um long awaited Kickstarter putting some of his kind of two page dungeons up in there and uh, so this is a great uh, um, compilation collection of uh free adventures and stuff i mean honestly you know you can get some of these rule sets for free. You get some of these adventures for free, you know, gaming's the kind of thing where you have your choice, you know, if you want to, if you want to do it really cheaply, it's possible to do it. If you want to, you know, go, go all in on some of these, you know, um, uh, um, or extravagant products that come out you can do that too, you know? So that's one thing I like about it. You know, you can, it's, uh, the important thing is that people are playing, you know, um, so anyway, lots of free resources there. Then Evelyn M. Love Evelyn M. Her art is some of my favorite in old school gaming at Le Chaudron Chromatique, the Chaudron com, Put up Hammer Goat, an eight pages mini zine. This is one of these, you know, print and fold, uh, um, pocket zines. Much like uh, um, Sonic Platypus Hammer Goat, a black hack character class, awesome! So, you can go download that for free. And then, finally, if you're in a basic fantasy RPG at Polyhedral Nonsense, they put up a really nice, um, free um, DM screen for basic fantasy. So, of course, if you if you uh, if you aren't playing basic fantasy, it's not gonna be as worth as much to you, but uh I know a lot of people do like that and I thought I'd just point it out, you know, get yourself a GM screen for basic fantasy for free. So you know, free RPG Day. I love it. I look forward to it every year. Um it's funny, it comes right around the same time as Father's Day and my daughter's birthday, so it's always a good few days when it when it rolls around. And uh so you can you know, check out these pictures of other people enjoying it. Seriously, look through these uh, posts uh, from text Golem and things we do for XP. There is a ton of free material on there, tons of uh, free um, adventures and, and stuff. Then go download this cool print-and-fold zine from Evelyn M. And then check out that free Basic Fantasy GM screen if you're using that system or if you just want to save it for some time when you might. Well, for the final topic today, I'm talking a little bit about alignment. And what how this came up was... Um, You know, they've got this D&D Beyond tool set now for 5e that I don't buy into, way too expensive for my taste. It's like buying the books twice. But, you know, I'm not going to criticize anybody for using it because if if you play a ton and and you like using tools like that a lot, you know, maybe it it is valuable to to somebody. Uh, Obviously, thousands of people use it and love it you know i did use the 4e on you know tools the character builder and everything but with that you got the magazines you know in pdf form and you also um you know had the the builder wasn't on you know wasn't an online resource you know you could download it and uh, you know save the program or whatever so um but and and there was so much more material for 4th edition it made more sense now, um, with D&D Beyond, you know, it is definitely, you know, plugged into the material uh, and, and all that, very official or, and all that. So, you know, it, it, I've got no bone to pick, obviously, with anybody that uses it. The good thing for Wizards is that they can see what people are using, you know, uh, because it's, a you know, kind of like a database almost. You know, they do their their polling and their... Um, surveys, but they can also really easily through D&D Beyond see what class people are buying. You know, it doesn't really matter what people are saying when you can actually look and see what people are actually doing. So it's a great marketing tool for them. It's a great way for them to look at it and say, huh, people hate the Ranger or whatever it is. And so occasionally on this sageadvice.eu site, there'll be links to when D&D Beyond will Uh, periodically release survey um, you know uh, charts and whatever showing statistics and everything based on what people are using in 5th edition okay so you know I've seen them before talking about what the most popular spells are in classes and class race combinations and this and the other So anyway, they put one up, the top character alignment on D&D Beyond. So this is, uh, as opposed to last week's survey of like 300 people, this will be thousands of people, right? And so you can probably guess, you know, what most people are going to pick, you know, because it's the same thing for most character types that I'm going to pick. I'll pick chaotic good or chaotic neutral, and guess what? 55% of all people, you know, of all characters use those two alignments you're either chaotic good or chaotic neutral which makes sense because i don't think most players uh like to be restricted or feel restricted in any way by an alignment system and by saying chaotic good you feel like i'm kind of like a good person but i still can do whatever the hell i want and chaotic neutral i can do whatever the hell i want at any time i'm not evil i'm not good i'm just going to call it like I see it when it comes up, and I don't want to really think about alignment. That's the way I take chaotic neutral. I don't think, you know, I think for most people that's why they're picking those alignments. These seem the loosest. These seem where I'm not, you know, pure evil or anything, but I don't want to be restricted to to law or, you know, to any kind of uh, rules, and I want to, you know, whatever. So then I was thinking about, you know, I really like OD&D, how it had law, Um, you know, law, neutrality and chaos, you know, Uh, and and Gygax, whatever, started pulling it further and further away from there. And, you know, no matter how many long articles he wrote in dragon or whatever, the alignment never quite made much sense to me. I saw later him do some interviews on, I believe it was dragon's foot where I'd read it where he even admitted it was kind of botched, but that the idea was that it was a way to um, be able to kind of quickly summarize or categorize monsters and everything. You could say that they tend tor- tend towards this alignment or whatever, but that it kind of got away from them with alignment languages and all this stuff. Um, and now, so for for me, uh, aside from some spells that have to do with alignment and everything, my tendency is almost just be like, yeah, no, I don't even like alignment at all. But then I think about it, and I sometimes do like it. Like, I like that paladins, uh, old school paladins, are lawful good, you know, like goody two-shoes or whatever that are, that are, um, you know, bound to these oaths to do certain things. I like th- the idea of monks being uh, lawful neutral, you know, they have rules that they have to obey, or druids being neutral, and uh, assassins having to be, you know... Uh, you know, be, have a little evil to them or whatever it is, you know? So I think about it on one hand and it's just kind of like, why even bother having them when almost everybody's going to pick chaotic good or chaotic neutral so they don't really have to abide by any kind of alignment. Um, or, but then on the other side, I kind of like how alignment can reinforce certain um, archetypes or whatever in the game. So, I don't know. Uh, it also made me think about 4E. You know, 4E was one that kind of like OD&D was doing its own thing as far as alignment goes. And it had good, lawful good, evil, chaotic evil, and unaligned, or like neutral. And I thought that worked actually pretty good. You know, you've got the lawful good for like the paladin types. You've got the good for District General good. You've got evil which could be, you know, the guy at the store that, you know, steals from everybody, you know, sets his prices up deliberately or sells broken merchandise and is just a sociopath or whatever, and chaotic evil, like more like a demon or something, and then unaligned, people that don't take a stand on anything. So, 4E tried to kind of do something different with it, but never caught on and went straight back to the, you know, the nine... Uh, the nine alignments with, with 5e. So, anyway, I don't know how interesting of a discussion this would be. I just thought, uh, you know, if you if you have an idea as to how you use alignment in your game, how you use it, how you don't use it, if you love it or you hate it, uh, if you feel like other editions did it better, um, anything like that, or if there's a reason you really hate it or a reason you really love it, whatever, my main point in sh- sharing this I thought it was just really interesting that um basically you know half of all the characters uh created are going chaotic good or chaotic neutral which to me it just says that alignment doesn't really work or that most people want to play a character that can kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of good but I do things my own way I don't want to be restricted or um, neither good nor bad, but I do things in my own way. I don't want to be restricted. You know, I think there's just a pushback where people don't want to be tied down to an alignment in the game. Um, so anyway, that's what I had for you on the final topic there. You can check that out over at sageadvice.eu, the top character alignments on D and D beyond. All right. Well, that's what I've got for y'all today. I had a bunch of other stuff too, but I, I just kind of cut stuff out and everything. I, I don't want these to be an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes. It just, it's uncomfortable for me to spend that much time recording them for one thing and then just listening back to them. I mean, I'm sure some will get that long again, but if I can keep them a little bit shorter, I'm going to do it. The The reality of the situation is there's so much good stuff coming on the blogs. I can't cover it all. There's just no way to do it. So I just have to pick and choose a few things to point y'all at, but you know one thing you can rest assured of is that next week there's going to be a whole nother bunch of awesome stuff and the week after that and the week after that it's never ending i mean i've been doing this show um i guess i started the podcast just before january so i've been doing the podcast like six months which is crazy to me that's time's a flying. And so it wasn't that long after that I started the hump day bloggerama. So, and it's just every week for months and months and months. It's just awesome stuff. So I can't get to it all. I try to get to some highlights, but even then there's stuff I got to cut out. It's just the way it is, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go and check out some of these links. You know, if you like their posts, please leave them a comment on their blogs and tell them, Hey, great post, anything like that. Bloggers love to see that. um, you Know, keep it in mind, all these links are over at the thought eater blog, frothsoft, frothsof, dnd.blogspot.com. If you got any comments about anything I talked about today, I'd love to uh, check it out and put it on the show. You can use the anchor app to message me, or you can email me, frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com. Uh, let's see trying to think if there's anything else I want to tell you. Oh yeah. You know, and if you, my, my patron, uh, patrons on Patreon, appreciate y'all tremendously. Patreon.com forward slash thought eater, only a dollar a month. If you don't want to back me on Patreon, Hey, no problem. Just, you know, slap my blog on your blog roll or something. Uh, give me a rating on uh, when you're listening to the podcast or let a friend know about it. You know, there's all kinds of ways that if you really dig what, you know, if you dig the thought eater podcast or, thought eater blog, uh, you can support me. That would be awesome. And help me get in front of more people, which is really what my goal is. I really want to just keep, try to keep it growing. Uh, my blog definitely has grown and grown since, uh, Google plus went away. And since I really started hardcore getting back at it, and I just want to keep it growing, you know, keep supporting the hobby. It's just fun. So I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Thanks again for your support. Thanks again for listening. Uh, next, you'll hear from me as a five minute Friday trying to get an idea to do something for with Willy the Wizard, but I haven't had any breakthroughs yet. But we'll see. Um, Logan drop that funky
1: beat. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater, gonna blow your mind. <laughs>